Shalom, and welcome to this new vidcast series, video series. And I've entitled it Hanukkah, Return of the King. I'm Reverend John Ferret, and for me, being involved in Bible history, the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, traveling to Israel and Egypt and the Middle East many, many, many times, and finally getting my advanced degrees in Bible history. I know Hanukkah has always intrigued me, especially the revolt of the Maccabees. And I remember that it all really began when I, I would, my wife and I were attending a Messianic congregation in our area. And our leader of the Messianic congregation, a Gentile, a devoted man of God, he was an expert in Jewish culture, um, in modern-day rabbinic Judaism, in Second Temple Judaism, the Judaism of Jesus's day, uh, an expert in the Torah, understanding the resources uh, used in order to study the Torah and go deeper into the Torah. And I remember um, there at that Messianic congregation that indeed we were urged to practice Hanukkah. And we did. Uh, we were urged to get our Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the word for a Hanukkah menorah. And you'll know that a Hanukkah menorah has nine candles, four on the left, four on the right, and one in the middle. We'll be talking about that in this series. Where the regular temple menorah, the one that you read about in Exodus, that has seven lamps so we did get our Hanukkah, our Hanukkah menorah, and we lit it according to the schedule. Um, I bought dreidels. I've got a whole drawer full of dreidels, and we played the game. Uh, blessings and prayers were suggested uh, for the evenings when we actually did Hanukkah at home and ate special treats and so on. However, what was interesting is there was really no connection made to Jesus. We did this Jewish feast, and we know we were celebrating the amazing things that God did for his people, Israel, during that revolt against the pagan Greek, Greek empire, and it's the same God that we believe in. But I didn't see any connections really made to Jesus, to gospel. And I felt very much disconnected. Matter of fact, I remember reading uh, in preparation for this video series that there was a, a scholar who was saying, he was a Jewish scholar, and he was saying Gentiles who celebrate Hanukkah are like people in Marseille, France. And in Marseille, France, they practice and uh, adhere to July 4th, the American remembrance of the revolution. That doesn't make any sense because it doesn't belong to the French people. But our excellent teacher at this Messianic congregation, he was a scholar. And he dug into a lot of the background of the Bible. And I remember one day 
he made a few connections to Jesus and Hanukkah that were amazing. He, in his organization that he belonged to, was going to be writing a book. And he wanted to share some thoughts that he found about taking the Bible, putting back into its historical context, and seeing some connections about Jesus to Hanukkah that I had never seen before. And the question, when I looked at it, I just, wait a minute, this was always right in front of me. How come I didn't see it? Why? First of all, I'm not Jewish. Second of all, our teacher put the Bible in its historical context, and it just opened up a whole, a whole new way of looking at Hanukkah and the way Jesus taught his disciples. Now, I became very intrigued with Hanukkah. I became very intrigued also with that whole time of the revolt of the Maccabees and Judas the Maccabee. And I studied and read more. When I was in Israel, I visited some of the sites that were related to the revolt of the Maccabees. I was really taken in by this. And the more I studied and the more I did research, the more I tried to put this situation, Jesus back into, his, his, into the historical context, the New Testament into its historical context, I began to see many more connections. And it began to dawn on me that I looked at Hanukkah in a completely new way. First of all, I looked at it and realized that Hanukkah is a unique Jewish-Israeli-only feast. It's like July 4th for the United States. Very unique, very Jewish, all related to their history, not related to the history of the disciples, Jesus, and the church. No connections to Christians. But Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. His disciples were devout Jewish men. Jesus was the Messiah, the Messiah of Israel. And what we need to do, we need to try and hear Jesus the way the disciples heard him. And those disciples knew their own history. We want to see what they saw when they were listening to Jesus and sitting at his feet as Jewish disciples 2,000 years ago. We want to understand what they understood. And I believe then we're going to see these connections. And Hanukkah, where it definitely is a unique Jewish feast, and it belongs to the Jewish people, it is just amazing. But for us, Hanukkah is going to become a time to remember A time to remember Jesus and the return of the King. So, are you ready to walk in their footsteps? Ready to deepen our Bible understanding? Come. Let's go. And as many of you know, when I do my lessons,
I normally like to say a blessing before we begin. And just like they would have done on Jesus's day, a blessing to thank God for his word, giving us his word, his Torah, and the good news of Messiah. I'll say this slow, and maybe you can repeat after me the Hebrew in the upper part and then together in English below. So please try to repeat after me. Baruch Ata Adonai. Eloheinu Melech HaHolam. Ashir Bakar Banu. Mikol HaHamim. Venatan Lanu. Etorato. Venevoim Hatovim. Venatan Lanu. Et Habasora. Mashiach. Yeshua. Veinatan lanu et habrit chadasha. Barukata Aronai noten adevrei emet. And together in English, blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all people and given us his Torah and the good prophets, given us the good news of Messiah Jesus, and given us the new covenant. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the words of truth. So when we consider all oh, the season of Christmas, we think about uh, may there be snow on Christmas and Christmas trees and stocking, stockings hung by the fire and Santa Claus and ornaments and presents and good cookies. But that's not the reason for the season. I know as I was growing up years ago, it's always the question, what's the reason for the season? It's not Santa Claus. It's not about presents. It's not about cookies. And so what is that reason? And this is what we're going to try to do. We're going to actually try to look at this through the back door. What is the reason for that season? And what I mean by going to the back door is we're going to take the Bible, put it back into its historical context. We're going to try to go back to the days when the disciples heard Jesus teach to give us a deeper understanding of his teachings to them and therefore to us. You can imagine Jesus teaching his disciples when they walked on the road, when they were in synagogues. And so him teaching his disciples, and what did they hear? And what goes through their mind when they're hearing the words of Jesus? And I think what we're going to see is just like there is a shadow of the Messiah, a shadow of Jesus over the eight biblical feasts in Leviticus 23, we're also going to see that Jesus cast a golden shadow over Hanukkah. And the question is, did Jesus use this event? And here's the key. The events behind Hanukkah, the revolt of the Maccabees, to teach his disciples. Is Jesus using Hanukkah to make connections to himself and the return of the king? Now, first of all, 
Hanukkah and Christmas, there is no connection at all. Both are man-made feasts. Both are not God-ordered. They are not God-created. Like, for instance, when you take a look in Leviticus 23 and you're reading Leviticus 23, God says, these are my appointed times. These are my feasts. And he mentions eight of them. One of happens to be the Sabbath. Then there's Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, etc. Christmas is not there. Hanukkah is not there. So both of these are not ordered by God. Both are celebrated in December. Just happens to be that way. But I begin to wonder if God knew that was going to be the case so that he could give us, Jew and Gentile alike, a deeper meaning into his Messiah and his redemption plan. It's interesting. Both were initiated against paganism. Definitely Hanukkah is the revolt of the Maccabees against the pagan Greek empire led by the emperor Antiochus IV Epiphanes. And they were coming against him. And you might say Christmas on December 25th was the church's way of trying to combat the popularity of pagan gods on December 25th. is, I think, uh, the emperor's birthday, uh, the winter solstice, and um, December 25th was a uh, time of the worship of the sun. And so, indeed, Christmas is going to replace that. A friend of mine has a view that they're both, both remembrance of freedom from tyranny. Definitely, Hanukkah is a freedom from tyranny of the pagan Greek empire and their control over Israel. And tyranny, the tyranny of Satan himself and sin, and the bondage of sin, and that we are free from that tyranny. However, again, as far as Hanukkah and Christmas are concerned, there is no connection. There happen to be some interesting relationships. Now, the history of Hanukkah has got everything to do with the revolt of the Maccabees. And with that revolt of the Maccabees, we find that it's got nothing to do with Christmas at all. Let's take a look at a little bit of history. Um, I like this road. It's a popular road that I love to walk on to visit a certain archaeological site. We'll think, consider this, the road of history. The Jewish temple was destroyed in 586 BC by the Babylonians, and many of the Jews were taken into exile. And they were in exile in Babylon, Babylon until a number of years later, in 539 BC, Cyrus the Great, the emperor, the emperor of Persia, defeats the Babylonian Empire, and he frees the Jews. He doesn't free the Jews. They're still under his control, but he allows them to return, not only to build a temple. He allows Nehemiah to go back and build the wall, and they could have their own culture. They could have their own business. However, they had to pay taxes to the Persian Empire and honor the fact that they were under his control. So part of that, in other words, rule of the Persians over Israel. Well, there's a number of Jews that never returned to Israel. One of them happens to be Esther and her uncle Mordecai. 
And so in that time where, or between that time when Cyrus actually defeats Babylon and the time where many Jews went back to build the temple and build a wall under Nehemiah, then we have the story of Esther and Xerxes. And that's about 479, 465 BC. Again, there's a debate among scholars as to actually uh, what those dates were. Now, it so happens that uh, there's this guy, Alexander the Great, and he rises up and he decides that uh, at the age of 25, he's going to go and conquer the world. And one of the first things he does is that he defeats the Persian Empire. Defeats the Persian Empire and travels all the way to India, for that matter, to extend his empire. He also went to Egypt. He was celebrated as a god in Egypt, and supposedly he was buried there, uh, at almost considered like a pharaoh of Egypt. Now, after he died, four of his generals actually took over, and they basically split his empire into a number of of their own regions. Two of them, the Seleucids and the other one, the Ptolemies, they split up basically Syria, Iran, parts of Iraq, oh, parts of Iran, Iraq, um, Israel, and Egypt between themselves. They were constantly fighting. As a matter of fact, Daniel chapter 11, if you actually look at that um, chapter in Daniel, you'll find that that is a very detailed account of the battle between the Ptolemies and the Seleucids for the control of Israel. The Seleucids finally went out, and they have a number of kings, and the worst one is the last one. He is Antiochus IV Epiphanes from 175 to 164 BC. And Antiochus IV Epiphanes, what he did to the Jewish people is he basically said, that's it, no more Torah, no more going to the synagogue, no more circumcision of boys, no more Passover, no owning of Torah scrolls. And if anybody had a Torah scroll, if you went to the synagogue, if you circumcised your son, Many of those people were tortured and executed. Thousands, thousands of religious, devout Jewish people were massacred, martyred in those days because they would not give up on God. They would not give up on following his Torah. And this is where Judas the Maccabee comes in, Yehuda Maccabeus, from 167 to 160 B.C., and Yehuda, Yehuda Maccabeus, Judah the Maccabee, he defeats the Greek Empire. It was amazing. It was just, somebody once said to me, when I was in Israel, we were at a place where it wasn't very far away from one of the sites of the Maccabean revolt. And this individual told me, this teacher told me, that indeed it was like if Puerto Rico invaded the United States at Miami, Miami and took it over in four years, that, that's, you would say that's impossible. That, that's what's happening here with regards to the Maccabean Revolt. You're looking at the remains of ancient Modin, 
This is where, this is the city, this is the town, the village. Well over 2,000 years ago, where the revolt began, you're looking at the outline of the ancient synagogue in Modin. And one day in a town called Modin, a priest rose up. His name was Mathathias. And it so happened the Greeks had come to town and they brought an altar with them. And they basically said to the Jewish people that they wanted Mathathias, who was the leading, he was, he was the leader there in the town to actually take a piece of pork and offer it to the emperor and uh, emperor, uh, emperor Antiochus IV Epiphanes. And Mattathias basically said, no, well, there was a businessman in town, a Jew, who basically said he would do it. So this Jewish man, who is a neighbor of Mattathias, he was going to offer the pig meat on the altar to worship Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes is God. Mathathias, that, that was it. With all the persecution, with all the martyrdom that was going on, he had had it. Not only did he slay his fellow citizen of Modin, but he also slayed the Greek guard that was close by. That's where he got the sword from. And his sons, his five sons, one of them happened to be Judah the Maccabee, and many other people in town revolted. And that was the beginning of the revolt against the Greek Empire, against Antiochus IV Epiphanes. <laughs> Mattathias the priest basically saying, I'm just not going to take it anymore. From there, they run to the hills. And Judas the Maccabee is assigned by his father, Mattathias, to become the leader of the armies. And it is an astounding history to read with regards to the battles. They, they, it, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. Almost every battle that Judah led his men, that they were outnumbered. Some, and, and Yeah, in some cases, two to one, but some cases, five to one. And they defeated the Greeks, the mighty Greek army. And if you can get a copy of 1st Maccabees and 2nd Maccabees, they're available. And a matter of fact, what I will do is at the website where you would be able to find this video, this vidcast, I will have uh, links to the Book of Maccabees, both uh, Book of Maccabees Book 1 and Book of Maccabees Book 2 for you so that you can read them and go into a deeper idea or, or a deeper understanding of the history of the Maccabean Revolt. And then Judas the Maccabee and his army are finally victorious. In 164 BC, they captured Jerusalem. They restored the temple. And Hanukkah becomes a feast. And this is in 1 Maccabees 4, verse 59. And it's a man-made feast. It was a feast that Judas the Maccabee said we should do every year to remember what God has done for us here to recapture Jerusalem, to rededicate his temple, and so that we, the Jewish people, can serve God again by living his Torah. So they rededicated the temple in December 164 B.C., 
And that's the first time that you would probably say, Happy Hanukkah. Now, there's a lot of different things Jewish people do today. There's dreidels and there's jelly donuts and all sorts of things. They have specific rituals, especially for the uh, eight days of Hanukkah. But one thing that I wanted to bring up is the tradition of the miracle of the oils, where you probably have heard that when they came into the temple, there was only one flask of oil that was good enough to light the temple menorah, which has seven lamps, and the oil would only last for one day. Judas basically said, this is what you've heard in the tradition, in the story. Judas basically said, well, light the menorah anyway, and um, we'll just go out and we'll go and get more olives, we'll harvest them, and we'll press them and get more oil for the menorah. And supposedly the one flask lasted all seven days. Ladies and gentlemen, that tradition of the miracle of the oil never happened. Now, there are two sources for the events of Hanukkah, only two. Now, these are what we would call primary sources. In other words, the earliest sources available closest to the events. Those two sources are 1st and 2nd Maccabees and the book of Josephus. Neither have the miracle of the oil, not even mentioned. It's found in the Talmud. Now, the Talmud is Jewish commentary on the Bible written after the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. The Babylonian Jerusalem Talmud, both of them, there were two different versions. And let's say they're both finished about 500 AD. And when you go into the Talmud, you find there's a legend by a rabbi in the 2nd or 3rd century AD and I believe it's the 3rd century A.D., and this rabbi, he talked about the miracle of the oil. And Jewish sources, not me, Jewish sources, scholarly Jewish sources, his, Jewish sources that are dealing with the history of Israel, the real history, they basically said this was probably an attempt for the rabbis to make Hanukkah a religious festival because the revolt of the Maccabees was bloody. Matter of fact, when you study the early days of the revolt, the Jewish people under Judah the Maccabee, they attacked pagan Greeks and Jews who were sellouts to the pagan Greek empire. And they slaughtered them attacked them in their homes, they were terrorists. So it's a very difficult thing, I think. I mean, it's a terrible thing for us, to, for anybody, to think about their own country as a group of terrorists. Three of the sources, and these are three of many, Chaim Schaus's book on the Jewish festivals, the website myjewishlearning.com, a fantastic site, and another great site called the Torah.com. These are Jewish sites, and you can go there and you can study more. What I will do is I will link you to those articles 
not Schaus's, because I, I, his book is not online, but I will link you to the articles at myjewishlearningandthetorah.com so you can study this for yourself. Now, Jesus is a Jewish rabbi. He has devout Jewish men as disciples. And in John chapter 10, starting in verse 22, we read. So it's at that time the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. The temple of the Feast of Dedication is Hanukkah. That's what Hanukkah means, dedication. This is the Feast of Hanukkah. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, that is the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work? We do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. This happened on Hanukkah. This is the Feast of Dedication. Jesus is there in Jerusalem at that time. And those Jewish people would remember. This only this was only about, if we think about Jesus' day, this is, let's say, 30 AD. And it was about 164 BC when Judah the Maccabee actually defeated the Greeks and actually captured Jerusalem again. So we're talking about, a, about almost 200 years. 200 years? We remember the American Revolution 200 years ago. Or we can remember what happened 200 years ago in American history. For these Jewish people, they remembered that Antiochus IV Epiphanes said he was God. Epiphanes basically means in Greek, God is manifest. Antiochus was basically saying that he was God. This was Hanukkah. This is what they would remember. Jesus at the feast, and what does he say? That he and the Father are one. Jesus is saying, no, Antiochus Epiphanes is not God. I am the real God, the only God, the true God. So we'll light the center candle. And we'll think about Jesus at Hanukkah. He declared he is God. The stage is set as we continue in our study.
And indeed for us, we're not Jewish. This is not about us. This is not our history, but do you see that Jesus used the Jewish history? And on Hanukkah, when his disciples would remember that Antiochus the Epiphanes IV said that he was God and brought such evil and darkness and death and persecution upon this people, on Hanukkah, Jesus says, no, I and the Father are one. And he is the true God, the only God. The God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and the God of Israel, the creator God. He who came to die for both Jew and Gentile. So what's the reason for the season? We're getting there. And again, we're going to be taking a new look at the reason for the season through the back door. Again, we want to be like his disciples. So that we hear Jesus. We hear him with the understanding of the Bible history that's related to the things that he said, putting the Bible back into its context. So indeed, we will continue. In our vidcast series on the return of the king. So there is one connection that we have seen. And this is the connection this Messianic Gentile congregational leader had taught me a number of years ago. And I had never seen it because I didn't realize the history. I didn't realize that Antiochus IV Epiphanes who's the Greek pagan leader controlling Israel at that time, declared that he was God. And this was a remembrance of Hanukkah. And Jesus at that time says that he's God. Coming against Antiochus IV Epiphanes and anybody who else who, who says that he's God, like the Roman emperor. emperor. So are there more connections? <laughs> just wait so I'll see you in the next video that video is connected to the first candle on the Hanukkah menorah Shalom